Hello, sister friends and guys. Thank you for joining me today. This is going to be a great episode. My husband has a principle that says suppressed passion is captive success. We are going to inspire you to release your passion on all things writing. This is going to be the author's corner. I have some great ladies that are going to be sharing with me around the table. Are you ready to release your passion? Let's go. I'm your host, Teresa Cooper, and I'm glad that you're at the table today with us for this episode. You are going to want to pay attention to this conversation. If you've ever wanted to write a book or you're in the process of writing a book, this episode is for you because this is the author's corner. Yes. And so again, with me is my co-host, Miss Catherine Young. Hello. And then we have back at the table, Miss Tamika Ford. <laughs> Welcome. And these ladies are some incredible authors. And so we're going to highlight them. Again, this is the Author's Corner. And before we start talking about our books and all things books and all things authors, uh, we'll uh, introduce our cup today. Mm-hmm. And so our cup today says, some predict the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can create your own. Some predict the future, but you can create your own. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a cup. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but authors are creating their own future with the, the, the hand of the ready writer. That's right. And so whether you are a novel, uh, an author that writes novels, mm-hmm. whether you write poems, whether you are a memoir writer, whether you are a blogger, mm-hmm. you don't have to sit around and predict the future. You can write your own and create your own future. Amen. So that's our cup for today. All right. All right. And then our ladies have our sister friends cups. Yes. yes. Sister friends. And so if you want a sister friend cup, all you have mm-hmm. to do is go to our website at sisterfriendscupsandcombo.com. And you can order one or you can DM us and we will get you a sister friend's cup. So you ladies ready to talk? Let's talk. I'm ready. All righty. All righty. So the question is, how do you get started writing a book and how do you know if it's a God book? Um, There's a a phrase by a friend of mine, um, Tim Story, Mm -hmm. and you can Google him. He's a great guy. And um, he had a phrase that says, is it a good idea or a God idea? So we're going to talk about the difference between a good idea and a God idea when it comes to writing books. Mm -hmm. So Kathy, let me ask you, how did you get started with writing? Uh, You've got your author of what, three books? Three books. Mm -hmm. Um, I got started. God had spoke to me about you're going to write books. And I'm like, yeah, that's not God. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, girl, that's not God. And then he confirmed it through someone else. Yes. You know, this woman walked to me. We was in church and I didn't know her that well. We were in New Mexico and she said, you're going to write 
many books and mm-hmm. they're gonna go and I'm like okay maybe God doing something with this yeah. and then yes. later when he came to start to write Woman of War he was like it's time to begin I don't have time this 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 I don't yeah. have time yes. how about my job of a silver servant a civil servant mm-hmm. come on a real job he closed the job for two years wow I wrote the book and when the job opened back it wasn't a civil service job but it was a better job Come in the ahead. same position, yeah. the same place. Wow. But I did and I was obedient and I started writing from then on. Okay. Yes. So let me, tell us about your uh, your three books. Well, the first one I have is Woman of War, which is a testimonial of my struggles uh-huh. and different things I went through in my life, my why book. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I have Girl Fight, which continue. I said, oh, my book's about fighting somebody. It seemed like... <laughs> And then Girl yeah. Fight was actually written ahead of a giant that I had to okay. face. It's a David and Goliath story from a different perspective. Okay. And when God gave me the idea about a book, I didn't know that I was going to face one of the biggest giants Come in my on. life. Yes. Okay. And he had prepared me through my writing. Yes. And it's when my mom died. And right after she died, he was like, that's what it's about. And I wrote the book, and it gave me comfort. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then um, The Candy Man Can, which is my newest um, book, it's about flattery in the church, the assault of flattery. And God, when we talked about this last season, God had me to, he wanted me to talk about this. I'm like, ain't nobody want to hear about this going to offend people. <laughs> but we must know Jesus said, I come as a sword. Come on. Yeah. And we got the grace of God. We have the love of God, but we also have the wrath and judgment of God. Mm-hmm. And this is not a wrath or judgment book. It's a clarion call to wake right. up the church right. yes. and get us in alignment yes. with what God is doing in these last days. Okay. Yes. Well, let me ask you, how did you actually, because um, writing is a process. Yes. Um, so how did you actually, personally for yourself, how did you start writing? Like, because I mean, you can hear a word and mm-hmm. somebody can say, there's an author in you. Yes. Or you're supposed <laughs> yes. to write a book. Yes. And then you sit back and you'd be like, okay, and okay. like, how, do, how uh-huh. does this actually work? Yes. So what was your actual process? The process was, God, every book, and this is no lie, every book that I wrote, God told me the title. And through months, he gave me every chapter. Okay. As I sat down to the computer just different things start coming to my mind mm-hmm. and different stories. I could hear Bishop preaching. I could hear something on TV. And he's like, add that, Come on. add that. Yes. And then he started yes. putting it together in chapters. I just never sat down and say, I'm going to write a book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because most people who write books, I don't want to do all that studying. Yeah. I don't want to leave my friends or have less time with my family or whatever. But the reward yes. is greater than yes. the sacrifice. Okay. So writing, um, being an author and writing a book wasn't your career aspiration. No. It was something that you were you set out to do for a no. living. So this was something you had to carve out um, special space yes. in your busy life because yes. you're a mom, a grandma, mm-hmm. you work, you're a minister of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So you had to carve out some space mm-hmm. to obey the Lord. Yes. So do you feel like your books were a good idea or a God idea? They were God ideas. And when I wrote the first one, I said, ooh, okay, because I had a struggle because I'm very, what you say, I could talk in the White House, but otherwise I'm country. But uh, when I wrote the first one, I was like, oh, God done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then I was sitting back and it was like, this is the next book. But I talked about last season. After I wrote this book, 
I went into Pastor Teresa's office and she said, I got some for you. I want you to she had, you had bought me a gift. And we was in there talking and you say, Catherine, the Lord showed me that you're going to live off your books. And I was like, Lord, it's going to be more than you said this. Right. But I was like, that's work. And then when she told me that, I took it and I put it on the shelf. I mm-hmm. said, now, God, if I'm going to do this, you're going to have to do it. Yeah. Yes. Because I don't want to do all of yes. this. I'm too busy. Mm-hmm. And each time when I sat down, he made the space. Yes. Okay. So he so made he the prepared. space. Yeah. It wasn't like, I'm just going to write books because everybody writes books. Right, right. You can sit down. Everybody has a new book. And not saying that they're not all God books, but I feel like when you have a book, it's going to leave something with you. Yes. It's going to break some yokes. Something. It's going to teach. It's going to give something. insight. It's going to yes. remake you in some area. Yes. But that was my whole thing. Lord, if this book, if this is your book, you're going to have to do it. And he right. did it. It was not just salaciousness yes. or just, you know, information. Yes. Or it's not just, you know, have you ever read a book, Miss um, Tamika, and I'll get, I'm going to ask you the mm-hmm. same questions, but have you ever wrote a book, read one, and it was like, but well, that's a sermon. They preached that. All they did was yes. type out that yes. sermon. Yes. They're like, mm-hmm. was it even necessary? We could have just bought the tape. Yes. And imported it. Yes. <laughs> yes. We could have just yes. bought the tape. Right. It, the, the, the book didn't really go, go further than the sermon. Yes. yes. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I think that's important. Yes. You know. Um, so, Mr. Meek, let me ask you the same thing because mm-hmm. you're the author of three books. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And um, tell us a little bit about each book and then tell us, um, do you believe that it's a God idea or a good idea? My story is similar to <laughs> Pastor um, Kay. I was listening to her because I had no desire to write books. Okay. I really didn't. In school, in college, I'm an account major. Mm-hmm. Hated writing papers. Hated English. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't do good. Mm-hmm. So book was nowhere in my thoughts or in, in, in my inner being. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I started beginning to develop a relationship with God and just started pursuing purpose after yeah. I was mm-hmm. delivered from mm-hmm. some things mm-hmm. and pursuing the work uh-huh. that he would have me to do, he spoke a vision to me and he told me some other things, but part of that vision was you're going to write books. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't even like to write. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't, I have no desire. And yeah. it's, it's crazy because, you know, the scripture says if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires yeah. of your mm-hmm. heart, which a lot of times those desires are planted in you by God because right. I didn't have that desire. Mm-hmm. He planted that desire there. Yeah, he changes your I, desires to, to mirror his desires yes. for you. Yes. You didn't even know it was a desire. Never but knew it she delighted in him. Yes. Come on, he it unveiled became, the desire. Yes. It became a desire. Yeah. And so it was like something you said earlier. It lingered. It was like a mandate, oh, yes. an obligation. Yes. It, it, and, and I know with God, when it's him just from past experience, it never leaves you. That's right, it's like yeah. a call and like you have to do it. Yeah. And and so it's like a burden, but a good burden. Yeah. Yes. You know? And so once that desire starts to build, it was building and building. And I'm like, what am I, you know, what am I going to write about? I don't, I don't know what to write about. And see, that comes in due time, because sometimes we can rush, well, I just want right. to write about this. Right. No, let it play out. Mm-hmm. If he gives you the thought, if he gives you the desire, then they'll say, okay, God, what do you want me to write about? And usually it's something that you've conquered, mm-hmm. you've developed, God has developed mm-hmm. you in this area. It's, it's a stirring in right. you, it's yes. a passion. Because if you're not passionate about it, 
you're not going to be motivated and inspired to really endure that That's process. Good. Okay, That's now, good. now, are y'all listening to Miss Tamika? <laughs> she said, if you're not passionate about it, you're not yeah. going to be inspired and motivated yes. to right. make it happen. That's right. So yes. that's a that's a key component right. right there. Yes. Not only does it need to be a God, a good idea, yes. it needs to be a God, God idea. Yes. And God ideas germinate in your spirit and your spirit. and cause you to have a desire yes, and gives you a mandate in it. Yes. So that mandate is like a magnetic pull. Yes. It pulls you yes. to the paper, it pulls does. you to the computer. Yes. And so that's yes. what happened with you? And that's what happened with me. So you almost have to do it. Yes. Um, and so, and for my process, once he showed me, okay, your experience, my first book was Single and Saved. Well, I was living this. Okay. Yes. And he was showing me how the people, different people that I have met, different people that, you know, that's in singleness and struggling with, okay, where's my Boaz or when I'm, and he said, you know, the things he developed me in and the revelation he gave me about singleness is not about when I'm going to get married, who's going to, you know, Come, come into my life right. across my yes. path. It's more about who are you becoming yes. as you that's wait good. on the timing that's of good. that partner. That's good. And so that's a, that's a passion he gave me. Yes. Look, singleness is not about, oh, I need to hook up with someone. Right. Yes. But it's about I'm becoming the person I'm seeking. Yes. I'm developing that's with good. God, spiritual yes. growth. I'm understanding about soul ties yeah. and what yes. am I, am I, do I even know who I am? That's right. And I'm That's looking right. for a partner. A so right. de yeah. developing your identity, knowing yes. who you are, so you're not so dependent on your partner to affirm you every yeah. day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? absolutely. And so that's where this came. So when people see single and say, they think, oh, it's about, I'm going to find my husband. No, it's about developing you. <laughs> right. Before right. the other, yes. you know, right. part so comes. are both of your books more what we would consider, um, Christian self-help books. Yeah, I would I would say that. Okay, they, and then your second about, book. Now the second book, Next Level Living. I was at LBU pursuing a, a PhD, and it, it's funny because when he told us we have to write a dissertation, and that's that's why in this year <laughs> nothing is wasted. When you're yeah. when you're developing and God's developing yes. you, you're learning. You need to take that in. You need to be writing yes. down what you're learning yes. and recording the yes. things that God has given you and teaching you. And for three and a half years, God had me to teach a, a Bible study at the library. Uh -huh. Well, when it came time for me to pick a subject for my dissertation, God doesn't waste nothing. <laughs> he said, all those years, those old topics that you taught um, or led in that, that Bible study, uh -huh. he said, that's the book. Wow. Uh -huh. And I said, well, they don't want us to do a book. It's more like a paper. And about two months later, the the dean, or I think the president of LBU, sent the email and said, you have an option, everybody. You can write it as a, a, a paper, or you can turn this paper into a book. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. And I was like, yes, so I can just throw it out, you know, <laughs> as a book. So but you it, were accomplishing uh, an assignment yes. while you were in graduate school. Yes. And you, that assignment turned into a book. It turned into a book. Awesome. And all of these chapters were things I dealt with mm -hmm. that God developed me in and mm -hmm. that we also studied in the Bible studies three or four years prior to mm -hmm. that. So, okay. so I was you, able to you, go to files. Okay. So you, yeah. And you were able to do um, kill um, two birds with one, one stone. stone. Right there. Right. And, you, and you got your doctor's degree. I did. Yes. So this is Dr. Tamika Ford. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> incredible. So you're yes. learning some key insights at the author's corner. Yes. So if yes. you have a vision and you've wanted to write, let me first start off by saying that um, every writer at this table 
didn't want to write. <laughs> so that's so generally, um, you know, you you turn into that that um, that writer, yes. that author. Yes. Um, sometimes I'm a little nervous about people that don't protest mm -hmm. at first. Mm -hmm. That you know what I mean. It makes yes. me nervous when they're so mm -hmm. eager and ready. Sign True. me up. Yeah. You know, um, I, that makes me nervous because yeah. I, I think sometimes, well, who's the That's glory good. for? Yes. Yes. Like, is it for That's you, good. for God? Or are you trying to who are you trying mm -hmm. to please? Look, I, that's funny you say that because you remember earlier you say you have mm -hmm. a scripture. And when we were in the bathroom, I was praying. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me and it's first Corinthians 10 and 31. And it says whatsoever you do. Do it for the glory of God. Yes. And I said, okay, that's my scripture. That's how you know if it's from God. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Before we started, you know, I was like, okay. And that's what he spoke to me. Everything we do, Come yeah. on. it has to be for the glory yes. of God. For the glory of God, right. In and of himself that he gives us the ability Absolutely. to do this. Yeah. So when you when you read in a book and 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 you read in somebody's testimony mm -hmm. or their trials or their process, it relates back to that person. Right. But if we write books just to write, oh, she got five books. I need to write five books. Oh, right. Or everybody yes. write a book. Then my turn to write a book. Yes. It's kind of wasting your time. Mm -hmm. It, it could be helping you. I won't say such a waste of time, but we're doing it for the these books for the glory of God. Absolutely. And, and well, the, the scripture says that all that we do, whether it be eating, yes. uh, working, wow. love, do it all for the glory, glory of God. God. Yes. And so that's so important. And when God's in it and we've incorporated him in it, um, he blesses it. Yes. And he gives us the grace and the energy uh, to accomplish that, mm -hmm. which we yes. don't even think that we can accomplish in our own strength, and our own might. Yes. So your last book. My last um, book, Growing on Purpose. And if you notice, there's a, a common thread yes. throughout my books about developing, yes. like next level living, character, purpose, humility, some of the, mm -hmm. you know. And so there's growing, you know, <laughs> growing and developing. Uh -huh. Because I believe spiritual maturity has to happen. Absolutely. You know, we have to develop in God and develop. And God, one thing God showed me, he said, when you're, when you're developing and you're growing, you're, you're increasing your capacity. Yes. And when you increase your capacity, then God can do more. Right. He can use you more. Yes. You can hold more. Absolutely. You can sustain yes. more. Yes. And so sometimes we want God, give me this, give me this, but we don't have the capacity. Right. Yes. So, so it sounds like both of you ladies are talking about, you wrote about things that you had firsthand knowledge That's right. on. You need to have yes. some experience and knowledge. Right. Yes. And, or, or things that also uh, stretched you. Yes. Or cause you to grow in your capacity. Yes. And that was really important for me when I wrote mm -hmm. uh, my my book, both of my books. It was very, very important to me to write about something that I absolutely knew for sure. Come That's on. Right. If, yes. You know what I mean? Like if yes. someone said, what do you absolutely know for sure? Yes. And that that helped streamline mm -hmm. my thoughts. Yes. Because my thoughts could have could just be all over the map. You yeah. know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm gonna talk about, you know, write something about raising children or yeah. write something about marriage or write yeah. something about, you know, just so many different things. Mm -hmm. But once I streamlined it yes. to what I absolutely knew for sure, um, it became it made it a, a lot easier. Because yeah. yes. you can talk from a place of confidence and knowing on the, it, and, and, and knowing and conviction. Right. Yes. And conviction yes. um, when you stay with what you know for yes. sure. You know what I mean? Yes. And so um, let me ask you all this. Um, are you all self-publishers or did you um, have any publishers, a publishing house? How did you, what was your steps toward it? I went 
all the way self-publishing. Okay. Mm -hmm. On the first one, I had a publishing, you know, some friends that had a company, uh -huh. but the rest of them self-published because okay. I didn't want my voice changed. Okay. You know, you could go to some publishers, they'll read your material. If you say this, but what I found is people who read my book, girl, I could hear you, you saying hear that. Because, you know, I, I can see you doing this. Mm -hmm. Some people will take the anointing off your book. Yeah. They'll take your voice off the book. I wanted to have ownership yes. of what I did and what how God wanted me to write it. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to change that all. Okay. How about you, Miss Tamika? I also self-published, and I'm going to be honest, it is a laboring process. Yes. yes. And it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. So if you want to avoid the, you know, your voice being drowned out or you, you find someone that you trust mm -hmm. and, and that you can be able to articulate, okay, this is what I want, this is the vision, and mm -hmm. this is what I want it to look like. Um, because everybody can't really self-publish. They don't yeah. have the know-how. Yes. Okay. Uh, but I did. I self-published. Um, and like I said, it was a laboring process, but it saved me some coins. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. 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 But I'm going to be honest. I've always said down the line, um, at some point, I would like to contract out. Yeah. Because yes. it is, it's, it's really not my gift. Yeah. Right. Beyond, it's not my gift. And mm -hmm. so someone that's It's really, almost like what someone, you can um, pay a, uh, we can all fix our credit. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's not hard to do. Mm -hmm. It's just self-laboring. Yes. yes. Writing yes. the letters, yes. tracking yes. it down, doing, yes. calling the credit bureaus, yes. all of the, the three, you know, bureaus. Yes. Or you can pay someone, because mm -hmm. that's basically what you're doing when they yes. fix your credit, yes. Yes. is you're paying them to do the work you For could you. really yes. do yes. yourself. Yes. Right. Yes. And it's the same way with writing a book. So it, I think you just have to decide which route is best for you. Mm -hmm. Did did you find that you had a goal where you wanted your, in each book you wanted to do better? Or that you wanted mm -hmm. to um, better in maybe quality or better in... And and maybe your storytelling, or yes. you know, what I mean, did you? Set those and that's goals? one of the things with the writing. I think the more you do it, and God is something mm -hmm. else, because you're a star. You're like this sounds like hell of <laughs> but you're developing. The more you write, the more you articulate, the more you get understanding, mm -hmm. and it's like your flow comes. Yeah. Um, and you develop in it because I can yes. look at read. I'm gonna be honest. I can read a, a older book, and somebody else may say, "Yeah, I like it." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can hear some more better words, you know, yeah. but it's the development. You can't do away with your development. Right. Absolutely. So I can see the growth, you know, from one book to the next. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And God really dealt with me about staying in uh, what you would say my lane. Because yeah. I could talk about everything. <laughs> you know, you could go read yeah. the computer, get a knowledge. Yeah. But he says, stay in what you know. And way. then, you know, just reach my people. Yeah. Right. He didn't say yes. Is. Know who your audience. Who your audience. Just don't is. just don't write it for black people. Just don't write it for white people. Write it for the Christian faith. Yes. Right. And then yeah. you look at different yeah. things. You know, some some people say you could do it this way. You could do that, and you filter through all the suggestions. Mm -hmm. But like I said, when God tell you to write it, mm -hmm. it's gonna be everywhere. Yeah. It's gonna be everywhere. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, mm -hmm. ladies, this: Do you feel were you conscious? very conscious of the fact that um, people could perceive your books as books for women mm -hmm. yeah, because you were okay. a woman author. Yes. Did you write it? Like, no, because knowing your audience is important. So did you 
already have your demographic already, you know, laid out on your on your map board saying, I know this is for 12 to 25 year olds or this mm -hmm. is for, you know, 30 to, you know, 65 year old women mm -hmm. um, or or these, you know, did you have a demographic or was it this book is for everybody? Mm -hmm. um, and then when when you declared it was for everybody, mm -hmm. did you alter any of your storytelling or just any of your verbiage to make it um, gender fluid mm -hmm. so, so it doesn't feel like they're just hearing a woman telling the story yeah. or a woman talking. Did you all have those issues? On, on my first book, I really wrote it to women. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the, the next two, I wrote it for the body of Christ. But sometimes men, not all men, but if you're somewhere, they'll be like, let me get them books for my wife. Right. Right. I'm like, these are not for just your wife. You could read them too. But I guess sometimes they assume since yeah. we're women and we're yes. selling books. Yes. But I had some gentleman that come up and say, tell me what your book's about. Yes. And you explain yes. it to them. To, well, well, I read them and I read them and I give this one for my wife or my mother right. or somebody right. like that. But um, no, the first one was to women. The other two were to the body of Christ. Okay. How about yours? I never thought about it, to never be thinking. honest. And, and I understand what you're saying because sometimes when you a woman, the women gravitate more towards you than mm -hmm. the men. But I've actually had men too to, and I was really surprised with the single and say because when you think about you think about women. Yeah. But I didn't purposely try to write it for women. Mm -hmm. I just really focused on the the information, yeah. the the development, the the conviction that I had, my process, my knowledge, my know-how. Um, but I never thought of, and I've heard people say, focus on a demographic. You need to have a certain targeted. But I see with minds, with growth and development, getting closer to God, I think that's for everybody. Yes. <laughs> right, yes. absolutely. You know? it, it is. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it. I wrote minds for everybody. Yes, yes. Um, but I always say to people, but it's going to come from a, a woman's perspective. Yes. Um, which you already know. You know, so, um, but it is for everybody. Yes. But I, I was very specific in the fact that, and this is this will help some of you that are watching and, and you're in the process of writing. I was very specific at um, considering who my, who my audience was. And because I knew that the vast majority of my yes. audience was going to be working people, yes. I was very specific that I wanted it to be so many chapters. There's going to be ten chapters. Mm -hmm. People are busy. Mm -hmm. They go. I don't want. I. I'm an mm -hmm. avid reader. I love to read. Mm -hmm. But if I have a million books that's halfway read, yes. because it was like, okay, I got the point. Yes. But you wrote ten more chapters. chapters. And it kept going point. on. Right. Like, right. I'm tired. The never-ending book. <laughs> yeah. But we we get the we get the, the message. message. Yeah. So I really wanted to be. I was really clear about. It. I didn't want it. I wanted to keep their attention from the beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to make this a long book, mm -hmm. you know, not to say that there won't ever be a longer yeah. book, yes, yeah. yes. but um, it helped me to make the points and I thought that was helpful. So that's just something to consider. Yes. Let me ask you ladies, who's your, do you have an author um, that's an inspiration to you? Anyone particular? One of mine's is initially from the jump was Joyce Meyer. Okay. Yes. She was such an inspiration. Mm -hmm. um, Awesome. How about you, Kathy? You know what? I'm like you. I read a lot. And to be honest, a lot of people that's not on platforms mm -hmm. are my best writers mm -hmm. that I like to read because yeah. they're usually the most honest, the most mm -hmm. transparent. But if I had to pick a mm -hmm. national reader or anybody, you know, like that, I like Beth Moore. 
because she'll keep it straight into the target. I like okay. Joyce Meyer as well. But the, my favorite authors are those, like we sitting at this table, you know? Right, That's my absolutely. Favorite okay, one of my favorite, um, I kind of her language and how she writes. Um, Almost every book that I read of her, I, I'm like, I could have wrote that. <laughs> like, that's not like, like me. Oh, my gosh. How could she take my thoughts out of my mind, you know? is um, Lisa Tickers mm -hmm. um, from Proverbs name? 31. Yes. So if yes. you're watching, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> but she's one of my favorite. Do you guys have a, a favorite book that you'll always recommend? I don't care how, how old you get or whether you read it when you were young. From an or author. From mm -hmm. an author. That's like your all-time favorite, like top Two, top three. And I think you can read. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut uh -uh, you I was off. thinking because I, I, I was thinking I was thinking about the God Chasers. Okay, mm. Tommy Tenney. Okay, who's, who's okay, Tommy, Tommy Tenney. Okay, that book okay. lit me on fire. Really, I loved okay. it. And um, our favorite one, um, his last name it was the Divine. Okay. Um, Divine Romance. Yes, beautiful. that's the Divine Romance is probably my um, mm -hmm. number two. My top favorite book that I will recommend. It sits on my mantle. Is Hind's Feet on High Places by yes. Hannah Hernard, and then her Mountain of Spices, Spices. which is her um, volume two yes. of that same series. That's just my all-time favorite. And I read that when I was like in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. But I'm a real, I love um, storytelling. Yes, you know? me too. Me and too. Uh, that's why I love The Divine Romance by Gene Edwards. Yes. He's the same writer of um, The Tale of Three Kings. The Tale of Three Kings. Prison in the Third. Prison, Sale. yeah. He's he one writes. of my, yeah, my, yeah. my favorite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so did you, Joyce Myers? Two books that I say that I read, I go back and maybe read every two years or so for number one, of course, is one of Joyce Myers because this Battlefield of the Mind. Revelation. I was just starting in the faith. And right. I didn't really, you know, I knew religion, but I didn't know that that walk, that walking yeah. with God. And so that really revolu revolutionized my thinking. Yes. You know, knowing yes. that my whole life. Is, is 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 flowing out of my thought process, right. you That's know. Right. And the second one is he's one that I love to follow, Ron Carpenter. Yeah. He has a book, and, and you remember you mentioned how the ones that need to be writing books. He wrote one book, <laughs> and this man got so much revelation. Yeah. And I'm like, you need to put some books What's out there. The that necessity book? of an enemy. Necessity <laughs> of it. Yeah. Because during hard that. times, yeah. especially if you a person that I mean, everybody experiences battles. So it's for anybody, but to even when you're walking out your calling or you 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 trying to walk out the work that God has ordained you to do there's just so many different attacks and, right. and and things that come up against you and in that book he just he resonates with me yes. and he 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 tries to to give you another perspective that mm -hmm. The necessity of it. Right. Yes. It's a right. necessity. Yes. We're trying it's to avoid enemies. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. right. Yes. But it's some some enemies are necessary. Yes. Necessary. Yeah. Yes. Goliath was necessary yes. for David. Yes. It was necessary. The necessity. Yeah. So the, yeah, that's a wrong. We want property. the elevation. Right. But yeah. not the the, yeah. the the enemy or the opposition that yes. comes, right. so yes. you can get. To the yes. elevation. Absolutely. Yes. So this is the Office Corner, and uh, we, we encourage you to seek out um, some inspiration for yourself as mm -hmm. far as writers. Uh, find those people that speak your language, that can speak into you, um, to help you to get to where you need to be um, in writing, whether it's poetry, 
um, or whether it's writing your um, your memoir or whether it's blogging. That's the new thing because you can write, be a blogger and then take all your blogs and create them into a book yes. or be inspired by one particular blog um, to create your book. Um, there's a lot of room for creativity yes, it when it comes to writing. And so I hope that we've helped you today. I want to say lastly, my husband was my first inspiration. Uh, his first book started with uh, proverbial principles, thought-provoking principles. And um, he was inspired by um, Miles Monroe, um, who has an all-time favorite book of ours, On Purpose. And, um, and so he started, and I thought to myself, I helped him with accomplish. He's now author of five books. And it encouraged me to know that I could do it yes. because, you know, I actually helped him with all of his books. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I thought, you know, yeah. I, I can say something. Yes. I, can say, I can say a few things. Yes. Um, but um, these ladies have some powerful books. Um, my husband has some powerful books. I have two uh, great books that would change your lives. So DM us, contact us, go to our website. We would love to share the wisdom, the knowledge with you. And we are cheering for you on your next as you release not just a good idea, but a God idea. Thank you for joining us at the table. God bless. God bless. Hello, friends. Thank you again for joining us for today's episode. We had a great time. Check out our books. Go to our social media sites. DM us, like us, subscribe. We want to stay in contact with you. Join us next week, Wednesday, 12 noon, same time, same table, new guests. Don't forget, Something to Sip On is next. Welcome, this is Something to Sip On. You know, this was a great conversation we were having about uh, being authors and what it looks like and how to create and how to create space for writing. Um, I want to share a principle from Bishop Sean Cooper. (laughs) It says, words spoken in purpose create the doors of opportunity. Words spoken in purpose create the doors of opportunity. That is something to sip on. (laughs) Kathy, what are you sipping on? Well, not only will I sip on Know Your Why, why you're doing it. And remember, everything is done for the glory of God. Don't try, you know, God spoke to me, don't try to be famous. Don't think about the money you're going to make yeah. because he will provide everything for you. Just write what he tells you to write. Absolutely. Tamika, what are you sipping on today? An lingering desire. You know God has been prodding you and prompting you and unctioning you to get get it out. You have a story. You have something that God has developed you in, a conviction, and somebody needs to hear it. There are people that you can't touch physically, you can't reach them physically, but your words, your book can reach them and they need it. So we need your contribution. And if you're that person that has that desire lingering and you know you need to be obedient, go for it. Absolutely. And don't be afraid to allow your work to be critiqued. Yes. Don't be afraid to allow other people before you you, you put it out into the earth realm. Because, you know, when you write a book, it's forever settled. Yes. It's in the earth. Your yes. footprint is is has been established. Uh, the copyright, the Congress, yes. it, it goes into the That's history right. books. 
um, that you were here and you wrote something, they will be able to Google your name and your book's going to come up. Yes. Um, and so it's important that um, you allow people to give you uh, constructive criticism yes. um, about your thoughts, which is going to cause you to be vulnerable. Yes. And you'll never be more vulnerable than writing a book. That's right. uh, so, yeah, but go for it. You got what it takes to make it happen. Hello, sister friends. Welcome to this week's episode. Sex trafficking is a booming industry that unfortunately continues to grow because of an ever-increasing demand. Sex trafficking includes prostitution, pornography, and illicit acts with adults or minors. This is a very real issue, and it doesn't discriminate regardless of race, age, or gender, or status, and maybe even closer to home than you think. Let's dive into today's conversation on sex trafficking. Let's have a conversation. Sister Friends, welcome to Sister Friends Cups and Conversation. I'm your host, Teresa Cooper, and I'm glad that you have joined us today. And we have a wonderful table here. I have again with me my co-host, Catherine Young. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is our fourth season, and we have been just really enjoying this season. Some great conversations we've been having. And then today, again, I have with us Ms. Chantal Small. Hello. Nice to see you again. <laughs> Yes, it's good to be here with you all again. So our cup for today is RCC. I love RCC. And you might say, well, what is RCC? I love Restoration Crisis Center. And it is a, a ministry that uh, ministers to women and uh children and families here in the Shreveport Bossier area. They provide um, life uh, life care classes. Mm -hmm. They provide uh, domestic abuse yes. uh, prevention classes and courses. They are a safe haven for those that need a place to go um, that are fleeing um, abusive relationships. Mm -hmm. And they just do a whole host of things uh, for the family. And so if you haven't uh, heard of RCC, Google them. Uh, my good friend, Apostle uh, Brenda Ashley, uh, is the uh, overseer and pastor uh, and the founder of RCC, and they do a great work here in the city. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about um, sex trafficking. Yeah. And there's a saying that says, sex sells. And um, it's a, a common phrase. Uh, I hate that it's um, true, um, but we, we find out every day you can't even, you know, watch a commercial about washing a car, yeah. drinking a Pepsi or a hamburger yeah. without them sexualizing it yes. in some way um, because sex sells. Mm -hmm. And so, but we want to talk about the, the back door, the, the dark side. Um, and that would be uh, sex trafficking, because in our area, not just globally, but in our particular area of Louisiana, it has become a, a hot spot and it has um, a lot of activity 
uh, criminal activity um, in uh, sex trafficking. And so we want to talk about that. Um, I want to give just a briefly a little backdrop and then we'll um, let our guests talk. Um, so millions of men and women and children across the country and even the world are victims of human trafficking, uh, forced labor, sex, and other types of exploitation. Uh, there are three types of human trafficking. There's labor, there's sex, and then there's war slavery. Mm -hmm. Today, we're going to just stick primarily with the sex part, the mm -hmm. sex trafficking. And so our expert uh, at the table, someone that has firsthand knowledge and experience with sex trafficking, would be Ms. Chantal. Mm -hmm. And um, Chantal, can you tell us how you got involved or you gained interest in uh, sex trafficking? Yes. So um, if you probably already know this, but the majority of sex trafficking victims are actually victims of child abuse. Okay. So it starts with a personal story of my own, of my own abuse when I was a child. And um, my sister, who was adopted actually into my family, she was abused by her own biological father. So that's where my interest came from, just growing up in that, in that pain that okay. I had and the pain that I saw her go through. Uh, but here recently, I've actually been serving with the Hub Ministry and alongside the Care Pregnancy Center, what we do as far as like noticing when we see signs of victims, um, just seeing the heartbreak of these women as they're older and again, previous child abuse victims and knowing that there could be freedom from that for them, um, from their past and for their children so that the cycle doesn't repeat. That's pretty yeah. much where my heart came from with that. Okay, and you and it sounds like you're very passionate about it. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah, and usually the things that we volunteer for or our interests um, generally stay close to the vest of what we've experienced um, throughout our lives, whether it's at, through our childhood or in our um, young adult life mm -hmm. or proximity with people that maybe we know. Yes. You know, so um, Miss Kathy, what has your, how did your interest, what piqued you in um, sex trafficking and and um, getting involved and getting more information about it? You know, mainly um, the military, they would train us on different things. Mm -hmm. um, and anytime a training come in, everybody had to do the training. Okay. So one of the trainings were, was sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. um, the signs of it, how it looks, how everybody could look normal. Mm -hmm. And then you might have a perpetrator that come to work with you every day, but just those signs. And then when I started working for the Care Parenting Center, mm -hmm. you'll see different, you know, women who have been that route. Okay. Or just different things like that. But personally, no. But just to see the different and how blatant it is now, okay. because I just couldn't believe when I went through the train and I was like, is this even real? Wow. It's, okay. re it's real. Yes. Okay. So that's why we're talking about it, because I think most people, um, unless they have a firsthand an, an account with it, um, it's just under the radar. Yes. It's not like on, you know, the perimeter of what um, their interests might be as far as um, outreach or as far as nonprofits yes. and helping. Yes. I mean, you see different celebrities that mm -hmm. maybe, I think the little the little red ribbon, mm -hmm. different symbols where people were talking about um, human uh, trafficking, yes. um, talking about sex slaves mm -hmm. and, and those things. But in outside of those perimeters, um, it's just, it's not something that people talk about right. or that they sign up to say, well, how can I volunteer and help yes. in yeah. that particular area? Yes. You know, uh, the definition of human trafficking, uh, the definition textbook says sex trafficking where a commercial sex mm -hmm. act is mandated by force, 
So you say, well, what is sex trafficking? For those of you that may be wondering, it's when a sex act is mandated by force, fraud, or coercion, or where the person is forced to perform the act and, and they're not 18. Oh um, and they're at least under, the, you know, 18 years old. So it's, that's interesting right there, mm-hmm. is that they would actually target our children, mm-hmm. you know, um, harboring recruitment. Because if you can give consent, then it's not sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, mutual. Yeah. So um, the, the evil of it is, is that it's something that they're taking right. and lording over someone else. Right. And it's uh, the, the easiest prey would be a minor. Right. Yes. Yeah. Harboring recruitment, transportation, provision, or obtaining an individual for labor or services through using fraud, force, or coercion for the purpose to subject them, uh, the individual, to involuntary uh, solitude, debt bondage, or slavery. Yes. So under sex trafficking, um, Slavery still exists, Um, debt bondage, holding people um, in bondage because they owe a debt. In the U.S., sex trafficking usually preys upon people with a history. And this is very interesting. Not only do they prey on our children, but they generally prey on people with a history of mental, physical, and sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. So mental abuse, sexual abuse, Mm -hmm. and... um, physical abuse. Mm-hmm. And that just right there just reminds me of why it's so important that we take the stigma mm-hmm. off of abuse, right. exactly. off of domestic violence, yes. or even off of uh, people that are having mental, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Because the, the longer they stay underground mm-hmm. or in denial of what's happening to them, um, they instantly have like a target on their head right. for, for the predator. Right. Yeah. yeah. Can you speak to that? Absolutely. You know, um, I had a conversation with someone recently concerning the Me Too movement, and they were frustrated because of now you, you kind of see on social media that there's a trend of just making awareness of child sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And they said, why wasn't this made aware with the Me Too movement? And I said, I think you're misunderstanding the whole point. Mm-hmm. These Me Too movement women were child sex traffic victims because the majority of them were abuse victims. That It just continued. The cycle mm-hmm. just continued mm-hmm. with them. And so... Um, basically, you have someone who's not healed, and that's all the life they've known. They don't know what healing looks like yes. until they have that that counseling opportunity, someone to make aware of what what freedom would look like. Mm-hmm. And so the cycle just continues with that person and with that individual to where they're a woman or an, a grown man, and that's still continuing. Right. So sex trafficking usually preys upon people with a history of mental, um, physical, or sexual abuse. Sex trafficking may occur in a residential brothel. Online escort services, hostess clubs. Now, these are all actual jobs Mm -hmm. that people actually have that, you know, as a career. Mm -hmm. um, But the underbelly of -hmm. a lot of those jobs um, have the possibility, not to say that all of them do, Mm -hmm. but they they can become fronts, you know. Um, So residential brothels, online escort services, Hostess clubs, mm-hmm. massage businesses, strip clubs, and street prostitution. Mm-hmm. The internet has been found to be the major strategic tool used to recruit sex trafficking victims. And so this kind of ties into even our last episode when we talked about porn. Yes. Because, you know, um, it's a, it 
is a gateway. It could be a gateway that leads into um, sex trafficking. And um, what are your your? And it's odd because you see a lot of parents talking now about how they saw heard or the kids told them that they were talking to people through the computer. Mm -hmm. And then these were adults on the other end disguising themselves as children. And I think it was 60 Minutes or Dateline did a whole series on it. Then they exposed the perpetrator in the end. Do you know you was talking to a child? But it goes back like we think sometimes. I was thinking when we talked about doing this show, you remember the movie Taken? Mm Mm-hmm. And it was just like that. They Mm -hmm. took her, took her overseas, and that how it all leads back to, like you said, um, even runaways. Mm -hmm. We see kids missing. They find them in a whole nother country. That's even if they find them at all. And it's just, I was like, I just can't believe this is so real in our time. Yeah. Because we might be thinking, we're just watching a movie. Right. But then this happens. Right. And it's it's a reality for um, people um, for a lot of people everywhere, not just in the United States, yes. but literally around the world, you know, and I, I can't help to think about how does this intersect? Is there an intersection with homelessness? Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. Um, you mentioned, um, I think you mentioned foster care. So the majority of the victims, you take a group like NAMBLA, who are perpetrators who are specifically targeting young boys. Mm-hmm. The main thing they say is we want to go after single parent homes because they're the most vulnerable. Yes. We want to go after foster kids because they're the most vulnerable. Um, runaways, you know, there are people, traffickers stationed in certain train stations, certain uh, bus places where they can find these kids that are homeless or, or these runaway kids who are oftentimes foster foster care children who have already had abuse where they can locate them and target them. And it's, you know, it's not always brazen to the, to the point to where they're, you know, they're kidnapping someone. Oftentimes it's grooming. I can Mm -hmm. be a parent to you. I can be a good boyfriend to you. And so they, Mm -hmm. they take these children and even parents, they'll even groom the parents because usually the perpetrator is a family member or close friend Mm. um, under the guise of, I'm going to be a good friend to your family. I'm going to be a good friend to your children. And that, so it can, it can even come underlying like that. Not so much as in your face, you know? So it's wow. subtle. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a subtle um, thing Absolutely. that how they, how they do. And it's, it's strange when Chantal was talking, I say, these rascals got a plan. They yeah. strategic how it's just Very. not we're going to run that snatch somebody come out. They plan Oh, this. absolutely. In fact, I right. tell you, I had a young girl. She was in my youth. Um, I, I youth pastor um, outside of um, the Care Pregnancy Center <laughs> for some years. And young girl, she's beautiful. I've known her since she was 11. Um, she came to my center a couple, about two years ago now when she was 15, pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, but she came with the father of the baby who was in his 30s. Now, okay. the problem is, is that here's this young girl. Um, her parents are here illegally. Um, they don't want to tell the police what's happening to the daughter right. because they're afraid that they're going to be taken. Right. Um, and this man preyed on the family in the sense, and this is what she's telling me, you know, he was like a, a stepfather to me, Mission Tile. You know, he's someone that, that might, would pay for my school supplies. He's someone that would bring groceries. Oh, and wow. so there's this sense of grooming that overtook her. And ultimately she felt like she was betraying her family by turning him in. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. And so that's another um, example of why um, it's so important that we not only um, pay attention um, to our children's surroundings, Mm -hmm. 
but then that we also um, pay attention as community um, yes. to um, the young people, and especially those that are in the, the vulnerable population, um, uh, to their surroundings, mm -hmm. and and not just be so have a blind eye, mm -hmm. or that you know how the, the whole thought of if it's not happening to me or to my family, I have no interest, mm -hmm. you know. But really um, putting, becoming the feet in the hands of Jesus mm -hmm. to where um, our eyes are wide open mm -hmm. and our ears are wide open. Mm -hmm. and, and to be in a position to say, Lord, how could you use me? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We can't, you may not be able to rescue everyone, but how can you use me? And what you know, position can I play in combating um, mm -hmm. Against this evil, because that's yes. really what it is. Yes. It's a it's an evil in the earth. You know, the scripture says in John ten and ten, and many of us have heard this scripture if you've been to any Bible study mm -hmm. or any Christian um, involvement at all, um, where the scripture says the thief's purpose, the evil's purpose, the thief, the enemy's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Jesus says, but I come that you would have life and that more abundantly, that you would have life, a richness, a fullness, a completeness, um, and that completeness would satisfy. Um, he only comes to bring good, you know, into our lives. And so it, it becomes our jobs, not just as mothers, because we, as mothers, we have that, that interest, that interest. Yeah. The, the word I'm trying to say, yes. <laughs> yeah, the intuition, um, intrinsic, yeah. uh, it comes to us naturally. It's embedded in us yes. to care, to, to cover. Yes. Um, but even outside of that, in our in our Christian walk, yes. mm -hmm. we should be, you know, concerned about our neighbor. That's right. We should be that good That's Samaritan right. That's right. that when we see, you know, Absolutely. young people mm -hmm. on the street, that we don't just pass them by yes. or that that we just ignore them and, and get back to that community that we ask people questions like, mm -hmm. are you okay? Mm -hmm. You know, recently we were at the mall shopping and um, was at Dillard's mm -hmm. and this, one of the workers there, she was getting ready to check us out. And as she began to check us out, she just started crying. Mm -hmm. And um, at first I was like, Okay, you know, I'm just trying to buy this stuff. It's a sale. I'm trying to get up out of here. Y'all didn't come here for this today, you know, in the back of my mind, you know. Because when you're a pastor, it's 24 hours. So yes. you're just like just trying to find moments where, you know, you just be a normal person. So, um, but she was really hurting. Mm -hmm. And so I just said, you know, sis, is what's going on? Are you okay? Mm -hmm. And usually my husband was with me. Usually he beats me yes. to the punch because yes. everyone's a soul, everyone's lost yes. in his mind, you know, so he's always witnessing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and well, he'll start and I'll go the other way, uh -huh. just being transparent. So I really just reached out to her and she just began to cry more mm -hmm. and she just began to say, to give us this long story about her boyfriend and just abuse and, and we took that moment. And we just ministered to her mm -hmm. in, in the middle of Dillard's, mm -hmm. you know, and comforted her yeah. and let her know that God's got better for you. Mm -hmm. You've made the right decision mm -hmm. by leaving him at the door. Don't That's take right. him back. 
change your phone number. That's right. You know, <laughs> where he can't call you no more. Mm -hmm. And just begin to minister to her. But it's like God is calling us back to those moments right. where, because we don't, I don't know, you know, what um, her issue in totality, yes. what it was. And it could have been, it could have just been God's divine moment for us to run into her mm -hmm. so that we could give her that extra, you're doing the right thing, baby. Don't take him back. Yes. You know, that what she might have needed, yes. you know. Mm -hmm. But it took me to get out of sight of myself mm -hmm. um, and to be in that moment. Yeah. Right. You know, Pastor Teresa, as believers, just like you're saying, you know, um, when you look at the scriptures, it says good religion is taking care of orphans and widows. Yes. That's right. Our, I truly believe our modern day orphans and widows are those single parent homes, especially yes. that woman who does not have that father or be a father, you know, mm -hmm. but those children who don't have even a covering of protection or yeah. safety yes. in that home. Those are the ones that are so vulnerable and they're going to be our next leaders in this country, our next, yeah. you know, world leaders. And so just being a good believer is taking care of, is being an advocate for those that need help and, yeah, and are vulnerable. And that's, the, that's the justice part we're mm -hmm. called to do. Absolutely. You know, for the widows, the orphans, and our Judea and our Samaria, yeah. our surroundings. And then you think about this time that we in, they're talking about sex trafficking so much. And then you look at this perpetrator. He had all these girls, it's been on the news, I won't say his name, but all these girls had similar pasts. Mm -hmm. They were all single parent, from single parent right, homes. Right. They all had a need okay. that wasn't being met. I'm going to school, I'm seeing you dress nice, you have. Mm -hmm. Okay, so well, let's go to his house. He'll give you $200 for a massage. Mm -hmm. And then it opened up doors. They'll groom one woman and then she'll go get somebody else. Yeah. And then next thing you know, he flying to an island with girls. And it's just over and over. It's the same type of woman. If you look at them on TV, they were all had similar stories. Yeah. You know, and so that's that's so important to um, that we also teach our girls mm -hmm. and our sister friends yes. uh, not to be thirsty. Yes. That's so thirsty. Yes. Or needy mm -hmm. um, to the point that there's things that we can't control. But then there's things that we can. Yes. And our emotional state and our um, state of being empty that causes us to act out in certain ways, Those some of those things we can be in control of yes. over. You know what I mean? Yes. We may, may not be able to control the parents or the family we were born into. We, at, at this moment, we may not be able to, to control our economic situation mm -hmm. or what have you. But, th but there are certain things that we can control when it comes to our responses, mm -hmm. our emotional state, mm -hmm. um, taking care of ourselves yes. so that we don't um, unknowingly put ourselves in um, yeah. positions of harm. Yes. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, not having pride. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, um, we instead of pride will, will prevent us from seeking help, mm -hmm. um, whether it's from family members mm -hmm. or whether it's from community agencies. Um, and that very pride could put us in situations where we could run into a predator. Right. You know what I mean? Like we didn't knowingly run into a predator, but our pride of not being able to ask for help um, put us in a vulnerable position yes. to where predators are 24 hours around the clock. That's they right. don't sleep. Mm -hmm. That's so right. they're, you may not be looking for them, but they're actively looking for you. Yes. And so that would be one um things that, that you can um, personally take responsibility for mm -hmm. and prevent. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. 
Um, D.C., in my studies, I saw that um, D.C. and Nevada have the highest cases of sex trafficking. And it was, and I know like in Nevada, having prostitution being legal or not legal, it, it wasn't necessarily a, a factor. You yes. know, whether it was illegal to do it or whether it was legal to do it. Um, for whatever reason, that state um, and D.C. has a high um, rate of um, sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even when hearing about family members that just suddenly decided to move to, to Vegas, not, it's not always for fun yes. or just yes. because it's a, it's, it's a 24-hour, you know, state. It stays mm-hmm. alive, a city that's always alive. Mm-hmm. Um, asking questions to make sure that they've not gotten themselves into something that they can't get themselves out of. Absolutely. You know, let me ask a question, because I know you said you volunteer at, you know, with the hub and different things. When you generally approach those women, do they look at do they really seem like they want a way out or you try to talk to them? That's a good question. Uh So um, so I volunteer at the hub. Um, I volunteer with the strip team ministry where we go into the strip clubs and we pretty much share the support group that they offer, that the hub offers, which is amazing. They offer free counseling, free health care. So they're essentially trying to help them get a way out and job skill training. So in the beginning, you know, you try to develop a relationship with them. It's what we call friendship evangelism Mm -hmm. so that they can see your heart and know that you're sincere. Um, And so in in the beginning, like I said, a lot of them have grown up in that type of a lifestyle. So they don't necessarily see their lifestyle as being problematic. Mm -hmm. So when we come to the spiritual conversations, which we get to have a little bit later, you know, I asked them, when was the last time you had peace? When was the last time you felt whole? Mm-hmm. You know, if you can do something different than this, what would it be? And so there are times, oftentimes, well, they'll just, you know, break down and be honest and say, I don't want to live like this, but I don't know what other job I can get. Yeah. And, you know, it's unfortunate because our culture, not just um, our worldly culture, but even our church culture, looks down at women like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, forgetting that they they were once children yeah. that were hurt. And I, that's how I always see them. Mm-hmm. And so it's amazing that the, what the ministry is doing to rescue them and offer them those free things. But I think as a church culture, we need to change our mindset. Mm-hmm. For example, in Texas, uh, an 11-year-old girl was being solicited to have sex with a 50-year-old man. Mm-hmm. They arrested the 11-year-old girl was at a truck stop, but they not rest, arrest the 11 year, the 50 year old man, and this was just two years ago. So wow. the, the mindset behind, you know, the you know we're coming after the prostitutes that has to change because they are the ones that are the victims. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That's yeah. Wow. Mm. So culture has to change. Yes. And um, and I think it starts with us um, realizing that um, sex sells, mm-hmm. and that's not something that we want to, right. you know, be you know, full-blown necessarily in our culture, yeah. that we, we need to rethink that, yes. you know, yes. um, because th- they create whole marketing campaigns mm-hmm. just based off of appealing to people's lusts yes. and to their desires. Right. Yes. And, and it's more towards the, 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 the lower nature, the, the, the underbelly of yeah. the desire, yes. um, not the wholesomeness yes. of the desire, yes. you know. Um, you might be watching. You say, "Well, what can I do? Because I'm not out there trafficking, and I'm not a, a predator, mm-hmm. or you know." So, what can I do? And um, organize uh, fundraisers at your school. Mm-hmm. Um, organize um, and donate funds to anti-trafficking organizations. Mm-hmm. That's something real that you can do. That you could, you can even probably track your dollars as you're doing it, mm-hmm. um, and it's tangible, mm-hmm. um, right? 
a letter to your state or local federal legislators to let them know that you're concerned about it. I think the more we get louder about it, the more that we put a demand on that this is not acceptable, um, then, you know, government and the people that are in authority, they can do something about it. Um, ask, uh, send letters asking, what are you doing about it? If you, your church, um, asking your pastor, you know, what, what are we doing to um, combat um, sex trafficking? And are we aware as a church of what's going on around, you know, our locale, mm-hmm. you know, our community, our state, um, or our city? So those are real tangible things that you can do. Um, have you met someone, Chantal, that has, you know, made a lifestyle change or, or that was rescued? Yes, actually, I've met two. I'm actually okay. through the pregnancy center. So we have the uh, fortunate um, connection with the hub. So once we see a young lady or young woman that comes through our ministry, we ask. We're, we're taught to ask them certain questions. For example, we're not. You can ask them, you know, have you, are you being abused? But most of the time, if they've grown up with that, they're not going to recognize that terminology. Okay. Wow. So what we ask them instead is, have you ever traded sex for anything? And that's mm-hmm. generally, you know, they've traded it for rent or they've traded it for food. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've had two young ladies. One was a 19-year-old girl. Another one was 20-something, but she was also um, one of the strippers at the club. So she actually came to see me after I had met her. Um, and they're now with Purchased. And so it's an amazing, you know, opportunity that we get to partner with the community to help with that. But I think being, I think all of us should consider ourselves mandated reporters because yes. essentially, you know, we know, especially as believers, we know what it looks like to feel free. Yeah. And if you see, like you said, Pastor Teresa, if you see someone who seems hurting, you know, just being that caring voice and just saying, can I, can I pray for you? Are you yeah. okay? Can I help you? Maybe that's the opportunity to rescue someone in the middle of, of a crisis situation. Right. Yeah, that's good advice. So um, the Hub is a ministry here locally um, that you can get involved in uh, and see how you can volunteer and take part in that. You know, I think all of us have a a part that we can play. Um, Ultimately, um, we can pray. We can add that to our prayer list um, that we would pray for those that may be in harm's way, those that may be being trafficked. one of the scriptures that the Lord um, gave me was in Jeremiah 29 and 12. And we tend to use this, this in, in that particular um, scripture area of, of Jeremiah, you know, the famous, I know the plans that I have yeah. for you. They're plans of peace and not of evil to give you a hope and a future. Um, but this, this, this one little verse in the 12th chapter that says, and in those days, when you pray, I will listen. And I thought to myself, well, you know, we just take that scripture and we apply it to ourselves. But when you really read the story, he was talking to a people that were in bondage, that were in slavery. And they were asking God, why are we in this condition? And he says to them, and in those days, while you're in uh, bondage, while you're being lorded over, when you pray, I will listen. And so in in these days, while we're in a pandemic, while we are in distress, while we're in trouble, and in these days, while you may be uh, trafficked, you might be finding yourself in a situation that is beyond your control. Um, the Lord says, when you pray, I will listen. I will answer you. And then we can apply that scripture. Yes. I know the plans yes, right. that I have for you. That's and right. so the Lord... 
um, strengthen you today uh, to, to be, be a part of the difference. Uh, the Lord, if you're watching, the Lord strengthen you today to reach out for help if you need help today, and he will respond. And uh, we're believing for you. We're praying for you. And together, as sister friends, we're going to do everything we need to do to help make our world a better place to live in. Thank you for joining us today. God bless. Thank you for joining the conversation today on sex trafficking. Sex sells, but we can make a difference in the impact of sex trafficking. Leave us a comment. Let's keep the conversation going. Follow us across all of our social media platforms. We want to hear from you. We're praying for you. And don't forget, something to sip on is next. Hello, this is something to sip on. Kathy, what are we sipping on today? I would say this. This may not be your story, but you know someone whose story this is, or even a similar story. If it is your story, reach back and help someone else out. We are our Samaria and our Judea. Reach out and help someone in your community. That's good. Reach out and help somebody. Be the change you want to see. Listen, watch, and speak. Listen, watch, and speak. And when you um, put your mind to do that, the Lord will open up wide doors of opportunity. That's what Paul said. The Lord has opened up a wide door of opportunity for me to minister. And God will put people in your way so that you can minister to them. That's something to sip on. Ms. Chantal, what are you sipping on? Um, if this is your story and you resonate with this, shame is not a covering, but healing can be a covering. So you can seek healing and know that wholeness is for you. Yes. That's good. good. Shame is not a covering, but healing is.